welcome to the second episode of the Annals of the Rheumatic Disease Podcast. I am Dr. Alessia Lunno from Italy, and today we are going to talk to Dr. Laura Andreoli. She works as Assistant Professor of Rheumatology at the University of Brescia in Italy, and we'll be discussing in more detail a paper recently published in the journal for which Dr. Andreoli is first author, the EULA recommendations for women's health and the management of family planning, assisted reproduction, pregnancy, and menopause in patients with systemic lupus erythematosus and or the antiphospholipid syndrome. There is very much interest around this paper, as these are the first recommendations developed on this issue. So, Dr. Andreoli, many thanks for accepting the invitation and for sharing your experience about the development of these recommendations. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very pleased to participate in this podcast. Well, I think it is an innovative way to disseminate information and reach as many people as possible. I will start asking you, what is the rationale that led to the development of these recommendations? So why are they needed? Well, up to now, most of the decisions related to either pregnancy or contraception, in vitro fertilization, and other reproductive aspects in patients with systemic lupus erythematosus and antiphospholipid syndrome have been taken in few tertiary level centers. However, the feeling is that medical specialists involved in the care of these patients at any level would benefit from recommendations related to these issues so that can provide timely counseling to their patients. Patients do indeed recognize the lack of communication about the reproductive aspects. So they feel this is an unmet need in their care. The primary aim of our work was then to provide a practical tool for facilitating physician-patient communication. And the ultimate goal is to allow our patients with lupus and APS to live a normal reproductive life. So you see, in an ideal setting, women with lupus and APS should be asked about their reproductive plans at the very beginning of their disease. So any specialist should be in the position to give first-line information that can be afterwards extended in more specialized centers if needed, of course. In addition, let me say that tertiary cancer care centers needed to consider recommendations which are based on published data and experience in the field. So in this way, we can homogenize the care of these patients and finally fulfill women's needs. And what are then the needs of, of women with lupus and antiphospholipid syndrome? So women's needs in patients with lupus and APS are not limited to the reproductive age. Menopause and its related morbidity, for example, needs to be considered in relation to the possible indication of a hormone replacement therapy. So the objective of this collaborative work was to provide and disseminate recommendations for the management of these patients regarding several topics covering the whole life 
span of a woman. So starting from counseling of patients who desire to give birth to a child, uh, going to use of contraceptive methods, and then moving to the prevention of pregnancy-related risk factors for both the mother and the fetus, and then management of the puerperium, and to prevent maternal complications and disease flares, and then not to forget about counseling about parenting difficulties related to the physical limitations that patients may have. And then, moreover, we dealt with other uh, important issues such as assisted reproduction techniques, menopause, female tumor prevention, the HPV vaccination, and we looked at these topics in the perspective of a patient with lupus or APS. So how will these recommendations change the clinical practice? Uh, this project was mainly aimed at providing evidence-based recommendations on women's health. And these recommendations are addressed to physicians who take care of patients with lupus and APS. Uh, the large majority of uh, these patients uh, are women in their reproductive age and their follow-up continues also during menopause. It is not limited to the reproductive age. Therefore, the physicians need to know how to approach the different aspects of a woman's life and to give a proper counseling. And they need also to know when to refer a patient to a tertiary care level center. And are these any parts of these guidelines that you would like to highlight as particularly important? Well, I think that the main focus of the recommendations is on counseling. It is important to stress that every woman with lupus or APS should be appropriately counseled about reproductive issues and she should be offered the best management as possible according to both the scientific evidence on one side and on expert opinion on the other side. And would this advice different for women with a high disease activity compared to women with low disease activity? Yes, this is a very important question. In fact, the issue of high disease activity has been addressed cross-sectionally for each item of the recommendations. High disease activity is mainly a strong risk factor for poor pregnancy outcome. And aside from pregnancy, a highly active disease may be a contraindication to hormonal treatments, for example, as either contraception or menopause replacement therapy or assisted reproduction techniques. Well, we understand that there has been a great effort in, in developing these recommendations, but are there still unanswered questions regarding women's health issues in lupus and APS? Telling the truth, not much is actually known about the long-term outcome of children born to these women. And... Uh, you know, many women with lupus and APS decide to limit their family size or not to have children at all because they are afraid 
the children will develop an autoimmune disease or they will suffer from problems due to the in utero exposure to either maternal autoantibodies or drugs. And in addition, patients are also afraid of not being good mothers because of their chronic disease. And the feeling is that all these issues should be better clarified in order to provide a counseling based on scientific evidence so that we can reassure the patients during our counseling on family planning. Dr. Andreoli, thank you very much for your time and for contributing to this podcast, providing an overview on these recently published EULA recommendations. Thank you very much uh, to you for uh, this great opportunity and I was very happy to join this interview. And thank you all for joining us for this second ARD podcast. And if you want to read the recommendations in full, please visit the website ard.bmj.com. Thank you.